I'm excited to learn about this. I'm excited to find out why I was not supposed to watch this movie yeah. ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, so Drake texted me uh, today and said, should I watch this movie before we do the episode today? And I said, no, no. Do not watch it. Actually, never watch this. <laughs> Just don't watch this movie. And, Which uh, makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. Uh, I would have absolutely just immediately ignored that and watched it uh, if I just didn't already have shit to do today. <laughs> so, but, uh, so we'll see at the end of this if I change my mind. But I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your maid. From wings to top gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. This episode comes to you because we got a request. We had a special request this time. Somebody called the request line. His name is Janos. Shout out to him. He's uh, actually a friend of the show. Nick Fazekas's cousin. You remember him from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre around Halloween. He came in as a guest. So his cousin Janos wanted to do a little bit of a uh, cannibal holocaust, everyone. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for the request. This is our, yeah. our, first, our first request, and we are happy to facilitate. If you have a request, our DMs are open on, uh, on Instagram at Film History. Listen, shout out to the fans. You guys are awesome. This is so exciting to have our first request. I think it's a, it's an odd request for sure. I think cannibalism yeah. and the Holocaust are two very <laughs> negative topics that you put don't them really together. provide much humor. <laughs> but I guess if we put them together, we could see what kind of shit sandwich we come up with. <laughs> you got a peanut butter and arsenic sandwich. <laughs> No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I am glad that uh, you requested this for the same exact reasons that I'm not glad, you know? I would have never chosen this movie if you hadn't requested it, so I am glad you did, <laughs> but also, I wouldn't have chosen this movie. Interesting. Because it's, it, it hurt me. It hurt uh, me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm I'm just... Uh, it, it, Brimming of anticipation, yeah. uh, because we we briefly mentioned this before in an episode, did yeah, we not? Yeah, yes, yes, we did. Yeah, okay. Dev, I think definitely gave like a uh, big. Uh, yeah, he kind of said what this was back in the day. That might okay. be where this request came from. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> just like, I want to hear more about that thing you talked about. <laughs> but I am glad to be doing it because there's one thing that is for sure: this film is part of film history, the, the history, history of film. <laughs> Yeah, and if you don't get it already, I'll give you just a real warning about this up front. Uh, this movie contains a lot of animal killing, and it's all real, mm. and it's very fucked up. That's like one of the things oh. about this. Before you go run off and watch this thing, it's, okay. it's rough. You know? It's Italians. Okay. You know those fucking eye ties. <laughs> <laughs> it is an Italian film, man. I watched this with Nick the other night because he was going to mm -hmm. do the episode, but he couldn't do it today. Yeah. But uh, I watched this with him, and we literally were like not looking. 
Oh, whoa! <laughs> yeah, it's okay. like all right. I'm I'm just gonna choose not to okay, watch. Okay, so their, their special effects were uh, were realer than uh, yeah than than you thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, had you ever seen the movie before? No, never uh, seen it. Had Nick ever seen it before? Yeah, yeah. He oh, has okay. definitely seen it. That's one of the reasons they wanted to do it. They've seen this thing. <laughs> oh, okay. and they were right. It's got a very interesting story behind. Okay, it, for sure. Cool. But uh, well, before we dive in, who are we? I'm James White Scott. I'm Drake Cummings. I'm Sailor Dev. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. I know we did the one-off episode when my voice was all fucked up, and I apologize for being uh, unavailable for the Mummy episode, which was our big lean-up. But I do want to tell everyone that I have tons of footage from Egypt, tons of behind-the-scenes stuff that we're going to be posting to our Patreon, and... I just, uh, it feels good to be back in the saddle and I missed you boys. And uh, I was trying not to let those uh, weeks go by and the craziness ensue again. But, uh, you know, I just want to tell all the fans, thanks. I love you. And let's, let's rock and roll, man. James, what we got, man? Let's take us off. Yeah, what's up? We missed you too, Dev. We got the Dev back, baby. It's good to have you back. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that we paid the ransom. Yeah, we paid yeah. the rent. We had to pay all that anchor money, but yeah. we got it from that beautiful anchor ad that I do at Listen, the beginning of the, the Egyptian episode. government is pretty pricey, but they're cool <laughs> if, if the dollar is right. Yeah. We just found your kidnappers, and I was like, with anchor, you too could start your podcast. <laughs> By but, the uh, way, we of- need to drop a promo for such and such terrorist group in the Sinai Peninsula. <laughs> 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 We're doing a cross promo today this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's part of the part of the deal. If not, I'm gonna get kidnapped again. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna put a sticker of ours on their artillery shell. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but speaking of uh, artillery shells and gore, and no, there were no artillery shells in this, but the, it was definitely there was a lot of gore in this movie as well. Luckily, the it was to the point though where like you can watch the gory scenes because you know they're fake. <laughs> now that you've seen the real shit, but uh, this was considered to be the goriest film ever made by a lot of critics. Uh, they said it's even gorier than 1970s The Wizard of Gore. Which I gotta see that now. <laughs> 1977's Suspiria, 1978's Faces of Death. They said this was gorier than Faces of Death, which is like they say it's just real dead people. Wait, really? Yeah. Whoa, what's this movie? Uh, it also has real dead people. <laughs> but <laughs> it's got a uh, 1985's Day of the Dead. This beats that, and 2009's The Human Centipede does not hold a candle. To Cannibal Holocaust. So I've actually also never seen Human Centipede. Me neither. Is it okay? I was going to ask: Is it worth a watch? Like, Deb, I mean, have you seen it? Is it is it worth it outside the meme potential? Right. Like, is there is there enjoyment to be had despite the how disgusting it is? Yeah. I I saw the first one and only for research purposes. Um, it is, you know, I, it's not as bad as this film for sure. But it's also, like, the thing about the human centipede is, like, you think about, like, the graphic nature of, like, oh, what if that were me and my right, head right, was in yeah. somebody's ass? Like, <laughs> that's... Is it, is it worth a... me with a good time. Is it worth a watch? Like, is there enjoyment to be had despite the disgustingness of it? If, if you like the caricature of that type of graphicness, yeah, um, right. sure, watch it. Like, if you like Saw, then yeah, go right. for it. Love Saw. Yeah. Well, Love then Saw. it's Saw with more grossness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And sure. less, less like creative, cool tricks <laughs> and horror. And less creativity. Uh, I'll take it under advisement. 
Um, so, okay, so this movie was, like, renowned just for, for being gory. That was, like, yeah. the thing. Yeah. What year did this come out? This was uh, 1980. 1980, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and this was, uh, I'll just give you, just to, like, let you know, I'll read you the notice in the beginning of the trailer for this film. When you look up the trailer for this film, this is the notice that precedes the footage. It says, The following motion picture contains intense scenes of extreme violence and cruelty. As distributors of this film, we wish to state with absolute sincerity that by no means do we condone the artistic decisions employed by the makers of this film. However, (laughs) however, as as firm believers in the constitutional right of free speech, we do not believe in censorship. They quoted Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Bullshit. It it behooves every man who values the liberty of conscience for himself to resist invasions of it in the case of others. Well, now, who, who, now here's a cannibal movie. Who was the distributor? I I'll get into it. Oh, I'll get well, into it. Okay, all right. First of all, the fact that you if you really do believe in the freedom of speech, then you don't need to put that disclaimer. All right. right. You put that disclaimer because you want to placate to that freedom of speech, but you really want those greenbacks. You you are you like I don't approve of this film, but I'm totally fine with making money off of it. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> For sure. Uh, just to quarrel no, everyone's concern, this is only about money. It is not no, about, <laughs> but not about ethics You'll... or like cruelty to animals. We don't, we don't vibe with that, but you, know, oh, you can pay no, us money look. and see it if you want. Dev, you'll be pre- you'll be uh, you'll be persuaded here with it. It goes on for a little bit. Oh, so, <laughs> is it more of Jefferson's they'll, quote? They'll pers- <laughs> yes, invoking Christ. Tommy J a little bit more. TJ, uh, TJ, What a travesty! <laughs> Therefore, we are presenting Cannibal Holocaust for the very first time in its uncut, uncensored original form, with all sequences photographed by the filmmakers, however offensive and repugnant, presented. Fully intact. What you will see will definitely shock and offend you. <laughs> Nonetheless, it should be viewed as a, distor- a disturbing historical document of a bygone era of extreme irresponsibility which no longer exists and hopefully will never exist again. <laughs> to Italy right now in 1980 when this thing was being made because I'm going to give you a little bit of when are we? <laughs> When are we? When are we? Deb, Deb, that's stuck, man. When are we? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go made a queen. cannibal movie for you to see. <laughs> they should be sorry. <laughs> no, man, it's it's 1980, Italy. Uh, think of the fucking 80s, but in Italy, you know. <laughs> They're writing. Uh, it's like you're pitching me a movie. You're like, imagine the 80s. Imagine the 80s, but, but in Italy. Italy. That's what you're getting here. They're oh writing. My God. This- no like. wonder this came out of Italy. That's yeah. the, that's all that's really all the synopsis we need. That's Just almost Italy, all 80s. There you 80s. go. Yeah. They're, what's they're, happening in the, in, okay, you're about to tell me about like what's yeah. happening in the 80s in Italy that's so jarring. So they're riding this big economic high. Uh Milan is like becoming what it becomes, like the cultural epicenter of Italy at the time. And fashion. now it's like the Yeah, it's like the fashion culture epicenter. You know, nowadays. Uh, and this is when this started to happen. It was in 1980. I'm trying to think how to say this shit. <laughs> Italy was pushing to become more than an agricultural country. They were building more factories. Oh, really? That's what they were. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Cue the Godfather theme. And uh, they were. It's just they we were export olives. Just a bunch of olives. <laughs> That's like the cartels just exporting avocados right now. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, they're killing each other over those avocados out there. <laughs> Wait, just what? letting y'all know. Oh, yeah, it's a big thing. Fuck cocaine. It's about the avocados Wait, really? now. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. avocado yeah. margins, <laughs> they only come from one uh, county or state in Mexico. And yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of crazy. Anyways, Wait, that's really? a whole other yeah. thing. The yeah, cartel yeah, yeah. took them over. What? Yeah, yeah. The they're cartel like, owns everything in Mexico. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. There's whatever. E- eating your blood avocado toast out there. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> so all you all you avocado lovers, yeah. Just remember for every avocado you eat. They're amazing. There's Which, blood on those avocados. Somebody's gonna come out with a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio called Blood Avocados. It's gonna be I like which, mine with blood on them. <laughs> which is more ethically sourced at this point? Avocados or cor- oh, cocaine? Yeah, exactly. I mean at this point, uh, avocados seem to be deadlier for Buy sure. my cruelty free cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no one died for this. Like your avocado toast. <laughs> but, uh, no, so at the time, Italy's going through like their own uh, big industrial revolution in a way. Uh, like I said, they're building all these factories and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure this had been going on as well, but 1980, it really exploded. You know, they were also riding a big high at this time. Two things in the 70s got legalized in Italy. Abortion and divorce <laughs> at, the, at around the same time. Nice. So, you know, everybody's just fucked. Um, and it was just a, it was kind of, like I said, imagine the 80s in Italy, you know. And it was just this, like, fucking fly, high-flying time, man. It was a time of fun, excess, luxury, and optimism. But there was also some dark shit happening. Uh, there was a lot of, like, terrorism at the time in Italy that was going down. By who? There was, okay, on June 27th, 1980... Uh, this is the day. It was called the Ustica Massacre. This is when that happened. A plane was en route from Bologna to Palermo and mysteriously exploded in the sky. And it plunges into the sea off the coast of Sicily. And basically, the government went to go investigate. And they were like, oh, it just blew up. We don't know what happened. And then some like private investigators went and looked at it. And they said it was definitely a bomb. And then some more investigators looked at it and figured out it was a fucking missile that had hit this plane. Whoa. Yeah. Holy and shit. the government was like, we don't know. Whoa. We, no we, we sold any- this missile to this mobster thinking he was just going to use it to protect his villa. <laughs> exactly. Wait, 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 wait. No, was some was there anyone like, super important that died on that plane? Like, Ooh. Was there anyone that was like taken out? Like- Maybe. I didn't okay. look. I didn't look that far. Into I mean, this it. isn't the history of terrorism, right? Yeah, <laughs> terrorism yeah. history. So. <laughs> the Ustica massacre history. <laughs> uh, this was also the year of the Bologna massacre. Uh, a lot of massacres. Mm. Which I now can't you can see really where... take anything seriously that says Bologna massacre. <laughs> the Bologna. It's Bologna. That's Bologna. I tell you. No, this is. Uh, there was a lot of massacres happening, which kind of makes sense why this movie would come out around mm, this year as well. Yeah. You know, in August, a bomb was placed in the Bologna or Bologna. How do you say it now? Dev's got me confused. Bologna Central Railway Station, put there by neo-fascist terrorist organization called the Nuclei Armati Revoluzionari, or the NAR. And they were kind of fucking up stuff in Italy at the time. Okay. Yeah. They're Nazis? They're Nazis. Also, Goddamn like, Nazis. Every, every Italian-named terrorist organization just sounds a little bit less threatening because it's in Italian. 
Yeah, nuclei <laughs> the, automati. The Illuminati. Like, uh, what you, make me a pizza or, or shoot me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the biggest song of the year in 1980 in Italy was Disco Bambina by Heather Parisi. Uh, good, good song, by the way. Really good song. It was popular over here, too. Cool. Yeah, and the movies coming out of Italy are wild. Uh, Cinema Italiano was going through a very dark time. The 70s were a real art house time for Italy, basically. This is like Federico Fellini. He was like the father of artistic films in Italy. And uh, the, it was also the time for spaghetti westerns at the time. Clint Eastwood was filming all those Sergio Leone movies in Italy. Mm. And, you know, the Ennio Morricone was cranking out the fucking the stuff. They were really, they were like, there was a big film industry here, you okay. know, in the 70s. Right, yeah, kind of like uh, just, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Some goddamn yes. Italian movies. <laughs> he was complaining about basically going to, like, be Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making westerns in Italy. It sounds like a yeah. nightmare, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but for some reason, by 1980, they just took this huge downturn. It was almost like, you know, like a fad goes out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it was like, I think people just got kind of sick of the art house. You know what I mean? Sure, was, yeah. We've seen enough. Uh, even Fellini. I think people were just kind of sick of the whole thing. You know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so they started pumping out what they called spazzatura, <laughs> or trash films, as they called them. This was a big thing in 1980 Italy, where literally they just called them trash films. Which is like popcorn flicks? Yeah, just kind of popcorn flicks. At the time, the viewing audience for Italian films had dropped to like 120 million people compared to 525 million in 1970. Okay. So they were really in like a downswing, you know? I mean, it makes sense. So like went through the 70s with all these serious artistic movies. Now it's the 80s. I'm doing a lot of cocaine. I really just divorce need... is legal. Divorce Abortion's legal. legal. Yeah, I just give me give me something to fuck in. I want <laughs> Listen, a movie I can go fuck in. There's a bunch of fucking Catholics that are run that are like beholden to the Vatican right there in the country for generations, and then you just tell them like, oh, sin is fine. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. like, it's like, you know, what happens when a Catholic schoolgirl leaves Catholic school? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah. uh, that happens in those countries. You like push the spring enough. Yeah. And then when you let that motherfucker go, yeah. it's going to go. Yeah. You know? And uh, especially the 1980s. It was just, you're just setting it up, you know. <laughs> They're just teeing it off. And we went. Yeah. We <laughs> and everyone won. <laughs> And one trend that was happening in Italy at this time was movies about cannibalism. The Cannibal Holocaust is actually the second installment of Ruggero Diodato's Cannibal Trilogy. It follows, Whoa. yeah, this is the second of a trilogy. <laughs> it follows 19... I know, everyone's like, we want another one. <laughs> Bring me and just like Star movie. Wars, everyone likes Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is around the same time. Ish. <laughs> you could go watch Star Wars and then Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, did this release in America? Yeah, well, I'll get into okay. that. All I'll right. get into that, too. Uh, this right. was uh, not released anywhere for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, If you owned this movie, you'd probably get shot. At that point. But, uh, no, it was the second. It followed 1977's Jungle Holocaust and precedes Inferno. All movies uh, kind of the same-ish. Uh, animal killings. Okay. In the first movie, he kills a fucking uh, like crocodile. So uh, was the first one not controversial? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I mean, not 
I, I don't know. It's interesting. That's okay. in, that's interesting that you say that because for some reason the second one was like where people drew the line. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one okay. that we're talking about today. The first where... time I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Now I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing the pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> this man is one of the main reasons, by the way, for the no animals were harmed notice. Oh. Yeah. It was because of his movies that it's you have like, to tell people that. That's really funny because that's like, that's like the sign in the bar rule. Yeah. It's like you ever been to a bar where there's a sign that's like, why Why is there a sign to telling me that that's not allowed here? Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, it's because someone did that, and then they realized, oh, we have to make this clear. Yeah, it's like in the <laughs> South, you see the sign on the door of the bar that says no guns. Like, oh, this place has been shot up before. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we needed a sign for this, but now that, now that I see this film... I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, we better let, we better warn people. <laughs> I got some ideas. Because <laughs> one time this shit was real. You guys told me it was, it was all fake and it was real. <laughs> so the description for this thing, I'm going to give you a little bit about the plot, you know, of Cannibal Holocaust here. Not, I mean, it was a it was a thick plot. One thing about this movie that I will say, it's a good movie. It is like besides oh, okay. besides the horrible shit. It's actually really great. Oh, okay. Um, it's like this big kind of metaphor for the media. And, uh, you know, you remember I was talking about in one episode how Vietnam, everybody was like, we want the news to show the real shit. Yeah. And then the news started showing the real shit. And they were, we're like, like, okay. Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. This was sort of his version of that in a way. It was okay. like his commentary on that. Yeah. Uh, do you need to see the first one to understand this one? Oh, nah. Okay. No. I don't think they have anything to do with each other. Really. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the first one, and I won't, to be honest. <laughs> I did enough. You know, the <laughs> research of this was, uh, I went through Nam. So. I did enough. Yeah. <laughs> Dev, did you say you had seen it? I'm sorry, I can't remember. I... This, uh, I did not see it all the way through. I've seen the controversial scenes, but the human centipede is what I saw. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right um yeah so did you just like look up those scenes to see what people are talking about or you started watching the movie and then you cut it off was like i don't, i've seen enough <laughs> yeah uh no somebody had, uh mentioned this to me like years ago and was like yo there's this crazy film you should check out these controversial scenes because yeah i'm sure we'll get into it but you know the they were up against criminal prosecution because yeah. people thought the stuff in it was so real yeah, and I mean, you know that, we're that's talking about part of this I know about because that's what we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, that's why it came up as like a controversy, oh, sure. not like oh, I want to see this graphic ass shit. It's like oh, I want to mm. see like what they tried, what people thought was fucking so graphic and crazy they thought it was real. So I was like, all right, right, right. It wasn't right. great. It didn't leave me with a great sitting. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's the thing. At the end of it, you're just like, I don't know. Like you need to go watch some fucking SpongeBob. but to be fair <laughs> but to be fair like we'll go through what animals were killed and stuff i mean some of them you know maybe i didn't need to see it but also i didn't mind and if it was a no, in real sure. life if, if like a tarantula is attacking me like a tarantula is harmless it's not gonna hurt me but like some venomous spider than the amazon i might kill it with a machete you know whatever oh for sure no i hear that i hear that the description of this movie goes like this Cannibal Holocaust is a 1980 Italian cannibal horror film directed by Ruggero Diodato and written by Gianfranco Claricchi. 
It stars Robert Kerman as Harold Monroe, an anthropologist from New York University who leads a rescue team into the Amazon rainforest to locate a crew of filmmakers. Played by Carl Gabriel York, Francesca Chiarti, Chiarti? Uh, Perry Perkinen, and Luca Barbareschi. The crew had gone missing while filming a documentary on local cannibal tribes. When the rescue team is only able to recover the crew's lost cans of film, uh, an American television station wishes to broadcast the footage as like a TV special. So... I'll, uh, that was a lot. I'll kind of break it down. So it's like for a you. found footage movie. It's a found footage movie. What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the eighties. Like yes. Documentary style esque, which is one of the art house things that made exactly. it appealing was at this, the time. Was this the first one ever? This was one of the first ones ever. There was one done in the fifties. What? And, yeah. And then this was like almost like the next. How one. do you find footage of the fifties? <laughs> on uh, on on film, you know, you find the film cans. And but yeah. like, but no one was just walking around casually with a. <laughs> camera in the 50s yeah like. oh yeah they were really yeah yeah man even in the 20s they had little cameras in. if you were rich enough especially Whoa. that was the thing i mean it did take a little bit of money you know oh, if you were running damn. film yeah. but uh there was a documentary by uh oh man a french actress back in the 50s and she carried a camera her whole life a little handheld Whoa. camera yeah it's really cool cool but uh i'll start doing that i'll remember the name of that yeah. But yeah, so it's basically yes, it is. Uh, it's kind of a found footage thing mixed with uh, not found footage, where it is uh, these these explorers have gone to the Amazon to go document, you know, the tribes in the Amazon, and they go missing, and so this rescue team from NYU goes to the Amazon to go get them and find their film and hopefully them alive. Uh, and that's like the setup of this whole thing. Is the movie in English? Yeah, it's dubbed. It's dubbed in English. Wait. Okay, wait, but like, does the does the NYU team speak English, and then the yeah. the, the, the people in the footage speaks uh, Italian? Yeah, some of this was oh, New York cool. actors. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it was very interesting. He was doing like this thing in New York, and he filmed in Colombia. Uh, that's where this whole thing was filmed mm -hmm. for an Italian film. Whoa, you know, cool. yeah, and they filmed a little bit in Rome, some like interior okay. scenes. So so let's just highlight these points. This is a Italian film with New York ties taking place in <laughs> films in Colombia. <laughs> and right, correct me right. if I'm wrong, James, but I do believe the entire casting crew got paid in Colombian pesos. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Whoa. Yes, yes, they did. And uh, less with than name they were like to. Luca. As your actor, I, I don't see any mob ties there. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that definitely came up a little bit in my research as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, man. That's really funny. I wouldn't put that together. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as they're over there on the Amazon, they're getting, you know, the movie is basically what they're doing is um, like the first team that went in did it all the wrong way. And they're doing it like the right way, where they're trying not to disturb too much, you know, mm -hmm. and they're trying to respect the culture mm -hmm. and uh, keep keep themselves fucking alive, basically. <laughs> and they find the footage. I mean, I guess I can spoil it, right? I don't know. Should I spo spoiler alert here? Sure enough, they find the crew dead. Um, they literally find them like. They're all like hanging from a tree, and it's just they're like fucking skeletons, basically. And the Whoa. film canisters are on them, so 
he he recovers the film canister and the whole movie actually you do know that because it's at the beginning of the movie he's talking about how he found it um and he shows so they're like well we want to make a tv special out of this thing this sounds like some compelling stuff Mm -hmm. you know and he's like no the fuck you do you do not want to do that you don't want it and they were like yes we do he's like fine let's watch it and so you're watching their footage through him showing the, the executives at like fucking that's a really cool narrative structure yeah i yeah. like that a lot actually yeah and uh and like i said it's meta in a big way there's like this overall message of like what crosses the line yeah you know, when it comes to journalism becoming shock value type of shit you know that's really cool and uh yeah and i struggle with that man i don't know should you show shit on the news i don't know you know it's like such a complex thing in my opinion yeah i don't think there's a catch-all for that i think mm-hmm. Different things are situational. Yeah, and plus nowadays, if you want to see it, you can find it. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I mean, and it's also, I mean, there's... Maybe. Yeah, I mean, well... Like, yeah, that's know. true. That's, that's even true. still getting throttled. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. I I, I, um, I also, like, I I, uh, I think it's just very situational because there's some right. instances where it's probably very appropriate. There's other instances where it's probably just disrespectful to the victims to reveal that footage, you know what right. I mean? So, like, right. I think that also needs to be taken into consideration as... You know, it's you're not watching a movie. You're watching something that happened to it's real people. Yeah. So, um, I you know, I don't I don't think there's a, a catch-all that's always going to be appropriate in every situation. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, I think if you do show those tragic things, you, you shouldn't be allowed to profit off of it. And yeah, definitely not, like, man. That's so fucked you know. up when an ad comes up for fucking war footage. <laughs> that fucking Applebee's commercial that just happened recently with the Ukraine footage. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Yeah, we yeah, are yeah. truly living in unique and strange times. The, the crazy <laughs> thing is, it was in the 1910s or 20s, Congress passed an act that was like somebody's name, and it was about um, the news being required to only say 80% factual non-biased information with 20% of it being uh, subjective and opinion based. So that's why we never had Fox News or CNN because no channel, no organization could really fund themselves with doing that type of content all the time. But Clinton mm-hmm. repealed that act in the 90s, and that is what brought all this sensationalized journalism. And then mm-hmm. the fucking internet just threw fuel on the fire with clickbait stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that is why we're here. But it wasn't, we learned our lesson of this from this type of propaganda being like promoted and exploited in the early 1900s. And we were mm-hmm. like, we like reined that shit in. And we yeah. were like, no, 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 you can't, if you, you got to, you know, show truthful things, but it's kind of like when the Iraq war happened, the government said, you can't show bodies and caskets from soldiers. You're not allowed right. to blackout on all that. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. Cause like, you're not, as long as you don't exploit it and run ads, but you should show the American people that because there's a cost to all this fucking shit that you're deciding and doing, but mm-hmm. because of political reasons and voting, they don't want to do that. So they're making they're the ones that would make it political. And I think, you know, yeah. I agree. I don't think you should exploit it, but I don't I think you should if it's a war and reporting and tragic things, you know, we shouldn't censor and conceal that. We should be honest and transparent. But that's a difficult right pill to swallow. It is. You know? It definitely is. It's a hard one, man. I mean And I and I was thinking more of like um, you know, uh when you're talking about like news coverage, I was also thinking more of just like murders in America, like regular yeah, murders and stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, 
um, depending on, you know, circumstances and stuff, depending on like what it is. It's like maybe you don't show the man who was stabbed 40 times right. uh, because well, you yeah, know, you don't the, need the victims to, don't to really tell watch the story. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're going to see right. it on their fucking TV. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think sure. that makes total sense. And I don't think any news channel would want to. Right. Uh, well, that's the well, thing. In the 70s, though, they that. were just showing oh, the murders yeah. on the news. Yes. And, like, it's like, <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't need to do that. And it was an <laughs> argument, too. I mean, think about it. The television was essentially invented for like war coverage on World War II. Yeah. You know, that was like where it all began. Mm-hmm. And so I, I imagine it's still an argument to yeah. this day, but I don't think we're anywhere near ever showing anything on the news again. You know, I think those times. Yeah, are I, I don't think we need to be showing like regular murders. But again, right. it's all situational. In some instances, it might help catch the criminal or whatever. Yeah, you know, for it, sure. it depends. But yeah. anyway, anyway, we could wax We're too busy trying to sell you chicken wings and barrels of oil. Yeah, come to Applebee's, <laughs> goddammit. We could, we could wax philosophical all day. Where was this going? I'll go into the production of this thing because okay. it was also a nightmare, uh, by okay. the way. You know, um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Any movie in 1980 was kind of a nightmare to film, but especially. When you're considering, you know, there's actual animals being murdered around you and shit. I'm going to get into all that here in the production of this movie. It was produced as part of the contemporary cannibal trend of Italian exploitation cinema. Cannibal Holocaust was inspired by Italian media coverage of Red Brigade's terrorism. So the Red Brigade's, more terrorism that was going on in Italy at the time. They were called the Red Brigade's. Brigetta Rossi was their name, often abbreviated to BR, was a far-left armed organization and guerrilla group based in Italy responsible for numerous violent incidents, including the abduction and murder of former Prime Minister Aldo Moro during the years of lead, is what it was called. They abducted the Prime Minister and murdered his ass. Uh, They kidnapped him on his way to a session of the Chamber of Duties, where a discussion was to take place regarding a vote of confidence for a new government led by Giulio Andriotti, Andriotti <laughs> that would have for the first time the support of the Communist Party. So they kidnapped him and were asking for 12 of their guys to be uh, released from prison if they wanted his, him back. That was like their terms, basically. Whoa. Yeah. They keep him for 55 days of kidnapping, going back and forth with the government. They're like, we're not letting these guys out. Uh, We're going commie. And they're like, no, you can't go communist and also let our guys go or we're going to kill this motherfucker. And they put him in the back of the car 55 days into this thing. Uh, They told him to lie down and cover himself with a blanket so they could drive him back to his people. We're going to take you back. You know, you're safe. And as soon as he put the blanket over him, they just... Blah, blah, ten times. Whoa. Shot his ass. Fucking turned him into Swiss cheese. Whoa, so these were like far-right terrorists? Yeah, far-left terrorists. And what? they were against the government going communist, that's, is what was going that's on. Doesn't, that's, does, it that's, was, not, uh, that's not the way the this political is Italian, I, works. It's the history of Italian politics, you know. Um, I don't, so, uh, Ruggerio Diodato watched the news coverage of the whole kidnapping, and he believed they were lying about things on the news. It was, mm-hmm. an, it was again, you know, it was like, you're not showing me the real shit. I know you're lying to us. Mm-hmm. And he believed that there was even, like, staged shit that was going on. I, I don't think he believed any of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I don't think he trusted the whole thing. Interesting. I think he th- thinks that that guy just bounced, basically, okay. and, like, faked his death. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not that's legal, you know. <laughs> but uh, he believed that... 
journalists were staging things, and the Italian media was symbolized by the behavior in the film team in Cannibal Holocaust, which you're going to watch it, so you'll see what that means, basically. Okay. I, that's the one thing I don't want to spoil. Like, there is, like, a twist to it. Okay, a little cool. bit. Yeah. Okay. It was, it's, anyway, I won't say okay. anymore. It was one of the first found footage films, like we were talking about, inspired by director Gualtiero Jacopetti and his Mondo documentaries. What are so, Mondo documentaries? Mo I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mondo films are a subgenre of exploitation films and documentary films. And this was basically, it was almost like your first mockumentaries in a way. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. Wait, so wait, what are exploitation films? Like the Black exactly God. what they sound like. Yeah, they exploit a race of people, or they exploit, like, uh, and they're always really over the top with it, you know. There was one called The Black Godfather that I always think is a perfect representation of it, because it's like, everyone is just, like, super, uh, I don't know how to say Stereotypical? It, Stereotypical, yeah, they're okay. almost like racist films. Right, <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's but, movies that, like, you know, like... Call, appropriate cultures for like a um, a disingenuous narrative. Yes, okay. so some would argue go. the jazz singer is yeah. an exploitation. Film. Definitely, <laughs> okay. yeah, All absolutely. Right. And they're always just kind of cheap. You okay. know, it's just kind of like a cheap shot, basically. Mm -hmm. Common traits of Mondo films includes portrayals of foreign cultures, uh, which have drawn accusations of ethnocentrism or racism. You know, definitely mm -hmm. and. And uh, emphasis on taboo subjects such as death and sex. And stage sequences presented as like genuine documentary footage was a big thing with these. And uh, yeah, over time, you know, these evolved into the Blair Witch Project, you yeah. know, basically it came because of this. It's the yeah. same premise. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy that we were doing found footage back then. I, no, I thought Blair Witch Project invented that genre, to be honest. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. And that was definitely a big part of our uh, childhood. Yeah, sure. and it definitely started a trend. Yeah. It was like after Blair Witch really kicked that off. Yeah, another uh, one that was a nightmare to film. Yeah, I can't found wait for that footage. episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be a good one. This Halloween. Yeah. Dude, and I love found footage, man. I do, like, too. It's one of my favorite genres, I for really sure. do. Um, did you ever watch, uh, I think it was called Chronicle? Yeah, Chronicle was great. That was cool. Was I love Chronicle. It was so dope, yeah. Dude, Cloverfield, mm -hmm. one of the best, you know. <laughs> so production on this thing began in 1979, some West German film distributors contacted Dodato, uh, and they were like, we want another one of your Holocaust movies. We love Jungle Holocaust. So what was uh, Jungle Holocaust about? Jungle Holocaust is almost the same thing. It's oh. people in the jungle doing horrible shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> was it also found footage? It was, I don't know. If, no, that one I don't think was found footage. Okay. But there was a lot of animal death, real animal oh, death. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was part of the trilogy. A lot of animals died for the trilogy. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so no, uh, no regulations back then. No, not, no. Okay. Fuck regulations. <laughs> you know, we don't do that shit. This is the 70s. In the this, 80s. Yeah, yeah. What's a regulation? But yeah, these Germans were like, we need more animal torture, please. And uh, they were like, yeah, we can do that. So The only thing they were trying to regulate was rap music back then. Yeah, that's true. That was the only people who had to be censored. God, <laughs> God damn it. So they gave him 100,000 US dollars to make this film. When you put that through the old inflation calculator, that's about like 400 grand these days. Okay. So he right. got a hefty little chunk of change. Yeah, man. okay. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Jungle Holocaust, it was hitting numbs. Numbs, yeah. baby. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the box office is breaking. So this is still considered like an indie film, though, right? Yeah, definitely okay. still an indie film. And what um, did this German company 
published before? Like, were they oh. a big publisher? Or let's see. I actually, I don't even <laughs> Dev. I don't see the name of this distribution company anywhere. Oh, I could not find it. They just said it was a <laughs> it was a West German distribution company <laughs> with U.S. dollars and cash. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, don't ask any. Is I'm, that, I stopped. Is Googling. that you mean at the time of of release or now? Because you you can see who distributes it now. No, oh, go ahead. Is it? Is it I mean, the German I don't people? know. I got no. It's <laughs> United Artists Europa. Yeah, yeah. No, this was originally the original district. Oh, okay. distri- the the and the funders of the movie were German. Okay, and, but I couldn't find their company or anything. I couldn't find any info on where the money came from. Follow the money, man. They're like, hey, why didn't you get off the Google? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stopped looking. Don't worry. I don't want to know. All right. <laughs> I just watched the movie. I don't want to know nothing. So he accepted the project, of course, and he immediately went in search of a producer, choosing his friend Chen Francesco Pelaghi. The two first flew to Colombia to scout filming locations. Leticia, Colombia was chosen as the principal filming location after Diodato met a Colombian documentary filmmaker at the airport in Bogota who suggested the town as a location for him, basically. Who knows if that's all true, man? <laughs> it, it all sounds so suspicious. It's, but it's, it's, it's the guy over at the ranch. I He's met him got at the airport. You can film that. I heard it through the grapevine. It's real nice. He fl- they fly to the airport to scout, and they meet a guy who's like, "This is the place. This is the place. This hey, is the oh, place. Your search ends here. Stop googling. <laughs> you don't have to search no more." So then they got the screenwriter, the Italian screenwriter Gianfranco Clerici, wrote the script under the working title "Green Inferno." And if that sounds familiar, it does. Eli Roth made "Green Inferno." Uh, recently, I think it was like 2013. Is it related to this? Yeah, it was an homage to this movie because ah. this movie was originally called Green Inferno. I see, and that's basically just another name for the Amazon. Like people ah. who were gonna have to go through the Amazon would call it the Green Inferno. Ah, because it's green and also hot. Exactly, ah, and it clever. looks like you know fire and sh- I don't know. Sure, don't, you know, yeah, yeah. heat stroke will do that too. <laughs> yeah, you'll die out um, there. You're gonna die out there. Uh, so wait, Green Inferno does it? Is it also a uh, uh, murdery. Yes. Oh, yeah. Green Inferno is Cannibal Holocaust, but the animal killings might not be. Oh, real. sick. Okay, cool. But is it yeah. worth a watch? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. And after Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> I feel like I've done my duty. So okay, you watch right. it and let me know. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> I'm gonna spend the week just watching the most murderous movies, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, I'll get. I'll report back on the next podcast once the when it's done to be mentally. <laughs> Your eyes are just gone. You're just like. <laughs> PTSD. Um, yeah, by the way, there's this story. Eli Roth was making Green Inferno, right? And they went to Peru to make that, but it was kind of the same situation. They needed a jungle, you know? Mm-hmm. So Eli Roth, this is his story. He's in Peru, and he said that he was asking some of the locals, like the villagers, if they wanted to be extras in the movie. Uh-huh. And they said, we don't know what the fuck a movie is. <laughs> and he said, oh, well, let me show you a movie. And he showed them Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
He said they loved it, he but like, I don't know if they were like, just trying to be Do you want to be in this? Yeah, do you want to be in this? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, step right up. You're showing us murders. Sign Are you up. asking Is it if you want to be in a murder? <laughs> Is it SAG? I mean, <laughs> which, by the way, Cannibal Holocaust was not SAG. I wouldn't uh, imagine it would be. Nope, not SAG. Non-union. <laughs> <laughs> Whole project's on the up and up, I swear. <laughs> it's funded by American money given to me by some German guys. And apparently... We, we we can't follow the money because it's been secretly funded by PETA as a way to counter Ooh. and convince everyone to be more compassionate to animals. Interesting. That is, that is a saw-level twist right there. See? That I, that yeah. I, can, I buy that. Cue the music. Yeah. There. yeah I mean, that tracks. I buy the rights to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think we have another film to make, The Tropic Thunder of Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm in. Making a movie about the making of this movie. I think you mean Disaster Artist. That's, that's, uh, that's, oh, is that... that's a Disaster Artist is a movie about Oh, yeah, that's movie. true. That's true. Tropic but they Thunder weren't in the jungle. It's, purely it's like Disaster Artist, but Thunder. in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Diodato decided to film Cannibal Holocaust in English in order to appeal to a wider audience and to lend the film credibility. Love it. Yeah, however... Hate reading. Yeah, hate reading. Uh, you know. <laughs> and they also... They did dubs. It was all not that great. Gets in the but, way uh, of, my, of my murder. <laughs> they were dubbing English over Italian. Uh, however, the film had to establish a European nationality so that it could be more easily distributed among European countries as well. Um, under Italian law... For the film to be recognized as Italian, at least two actors who spoke Italian as a native language had to star in the film. So that was okay. Luca Giorgio Babareschi and Francesca Chiardi. They were the they were the two, and they were inexperienced as well. They were literally studies. They were students from the actor's studio in New York, but they both spoke Italian. They were both Italian actors. It was like, hey, you want to you want to you want to start in this town or not? You yeah, or not? Said, basically that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like what that they didn't really even know what they were going to film. Yeah, yeah, that was part of the story. It was like no one had a script. They went out to the jungle, and they were like, wait, what? <laughs> Whoa. Wait, what now? What now? Oh, my God. This yeah. gets better and better. It just gets better and better, wait, man. There was no script? This movie didn't have a script? There were, there, I thought there was a script. There was a script. There okay. was a script. Just we, the actors didn't really have access after. to it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they like they burned it after, and you couldn't look at it, basically. <laughs> Until you get here. Oh, when you okay. get here, we'll let you know what's going on. Okay. But um, just fly in. You know, just hey, fly in. How, how much did they pay them? Uh, not a lot. Okay. Not a lot. And yeah. they even, they shorted some people as well. So oh. I'll get into all of that fun stuff. One of the, one of the fun parts about being in this movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, everybody. So yeah, that old actor studio, man, it always comes back around. I'm yeah. telling you, these actors were in the halls of the building that put out James Dean, yeah. who we had a great episode about. Marlon Brando, who we're going to have a great episode about, and they are getting ready to go to the jungle to use all their experience from the actor's studio uh, and and be scarred for life. This was the wrong movie to go method on. This was definitely... <laughs> Fun ahead, fact, Jeff. though, uh, James Lipton, Lipton did teach a class called Cannibalism in the actor's studio, so I think what? maybe... You know, no, I'm just kidding. That's oh. not, that's not <laughs> I believed you. I 1,000% believe you. Anything that comes I'm, out of the actor's studio. 
Yeah, I'm just going to keep, like, when it comes to the actor studio, I'm going to say ridiculous things because I do have a lot of respect for them. But also, the whole premise of the actor studio is kind of absurd in and of itself. Like, the show, not the school. Oh, <laughs> I found out something new about it, by the way. What? When you're enrolled at the actor studio, you're analyzed, and they find out what kind of animal you are. And you are that underneath, like, for all of your performances. So they might give you, like, a goat. And you have to be very, all of your acting comes from the spirit of the goat. You know what I mean? And you have to be able to access at any time. Like at any time, they might ask you, go to your goat form. And you have to get on the ground and go into goat form and become a goat again. This is <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this is so absurd. Like, this is like, they're just, they're just doing shit because yeah. they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just like, they what's go. the weirdest fucking thing i can think of i don't know i have a bunch of shrooms let's write some shit down on the chalkboard while we're high as fuck and then whatever we write down is the rules of this fucking school <laughs> and dude all these people came from these big ass schools man casting director bill williams subsequently contracted carl gabriel york to play the role uh of like the starring role basically york a stage actor who had studied under Uta Hagen, another like huge coach. He was chosen in part parti uh, particularly because he was the right size for the costumes and boots and shit, which had already been purchased. Um, they they had to recast while they were out there in the jungle. They like they brought a guy in, and, uh, and he said, "Let me go home." And he said, "Let me go home." <laughs> they brought a guy in to play this one role, and uh, he said he got there and said, "No, I'm I'm gonna get on the first plane back." I appreciate, it. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. But... You don't owe me any Colombian money. <laughs> I'm just gonna go home. Uh, <laughs> so they had to. They reached out to Carl Gabriel York, this like New York, you know, fucking mm -hmm. actor studio actor. Um, and again, non-union, by the way. Uh, York originally wanted to be credited under the stage name Christopher Savage. So he gets there, and he's like, well, I can't go home, but don't put my name on this. Like, <laughs> I don't want my real name on this thing. And <laughs> one of the many reasons he didn't want his name on it, um, the guy who was like the real star of this whole movie, his name is Robert Kerman. Mm. And if you watch porn in the 70s, you may know him better by R. Bola. This man became famous from, I shit you not, Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> he fucked Debbie in Debbie Does Dallas. What's but Debbie like, Does Dallas? To be honest, who, who in the 70s did it? Oh my God, my jaw is on the floor. Who, what is Debbie Does Dallas? <laughs> what is that? Drake said, what is Debbie Does Dallas? It's one of the biggest porns in history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. What does it, it sound like, Drake? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Everything the seventies sounded stupid. Dude, Patreon will do a film <laughs> history of porn. Everything the seventies sounded like a porn. I can pull up a random movie from <laughs> no, the seventies right. right now, and it sounds like a porn. Most stuff was porn. Yeah. This movie had actual porn in it. I'll tell you Whoa. about that. Yeah, <laughs> going. I'll go into that. So <laughs> just yeah. gets better and better. Uh, yeah, because I I still don't even know like what is the thing that like what scared off the first dude. Like what did he see where he was like I would prefer a plane home, please. I would imagine it's the animal killing. Okay, I think you get there and they're like. uh... Well, York said he landed, and he basically hit the fucking airport. They took him off the plane, rushed him to set, 
threw on his wardrobe and makeup and got him to set. He was like from the plane to set in like two hours. <laughs> and it was a scene where he is fucking hacking off a guy's leg. <laughs> and he's like, I think, you know, well, like a machete or some shit. And I think the actor before him was just like, ah, I'm good. Uh, you know, it was. It was he was really hacking off the guy's leg. No, I know, yeah. but and you're also reading the script, and you're like, later on, I'm gonna have to like disembowel a turtle. Oh, and it's okay. probably just a little bit. He, okay, he's okay. like, what are we doing out of here? Right. You know? Okay. So are you like, gonna was, Are you gonna talk about that piranhas thing, James? Oh yeah, how the original script it had the. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you tell it. Well, no, I mean, you. I, it, it, I thought that's what you were referencing with the leg chop. Oh, is it this? Is it a different leg chop? Oh, this is a different leg chop. Oh, go ahead. Go with. So, yeah. fun fact: one of the scenes that didn't make the final cut because they weren't able to capture it was a scene where they cut off the leg of one of the warriors and they feed the warrior to a bunch of piranhas. And they tried to shoot this with an underwater camera, but the underwater camera kept malfunctioning. And the description says, and the piranhas were uncontrollable or like, Ah, and I'm like, as they tend to be. Yeah, they're fucking piranhas. What are you talking about? And I wouldn't doubt it if they had one of those locals in the water, like about to get eaten by fucking piranhas. They put these people in perilous fucking danger. Oh my God. So, okay. So there was, there was a, there's like a, a lot of stuff in the script where like, and you're gonna disembowel this animal now. Yeah, ah, exactly. I see. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's this yeah. animal. Okay. Was it like? Is it? Was there a lot of that in this movie? Oh was, yeah. Okay. A lot. Did it serve a narrative purpose? Uh, other than just like survival, basically. But like, mm. I don't and know. They couldn't. They couldn't fake it. That's the thing. He didn't want to. Oh. Yeah. He wanted the real he, horror in your face yeah. as you end this poor creature's life exactly uh-huh. he claimed later on that he regretted it he said he, he wished that he had kept all the animal stuff out mm. <laughs> which i imagine is just because he can't make money off of it nowadays really you know well, you mean, know sergio leone wrote him a letter after seeing it and yeah. complimented him saying that because he used the combination of real and fake the brain was triggered to say, oh, this is real when For they sure. saw the real stuff. Oh. And then they assumed like all the human shit was real because oh. they had already, even though that was fake, but they had already seen the real stuff. So it blurred the line Whoa. of illusion. Yeah. And that's probably why all these fucking like government officials were like, oh my God, that looks so real. You actually killed real humans. And, yeah. You know, it's because it like tricked the brain into thinking that. Definitely. Okay. And and I, I agree with that as well. It definitely did. Like it was it was like when the fake stuff came up, you kind of your brain's still kind of Whoa. like there with it. You know, it's like, is this fake? That's what it comes up Dude, later. OK, it, some very important people asked if this was fake and uh, it became a thing. Oh, this is so. the most this might be the most fascinating <laughs> episode we've done in a while. I'm so enthralled. Man, keep going. Keep shout going. out to shout out to Janos, man. Yeah. Good idea for sure. OK, so so the so the guy who was so like, the porn guy. Yeah, this, like I'll kill I'll kill a turtle. I'll kill a turtle. I'm a porn guy. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Just like he's trying to break into. So basically he was an American porn guy. Uh, and he went to Italy to have a real legitimate career, uh-huh. you know, and he did a movie. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He did a movie in Italy called The Concord Affair, where he played this like dramatic role of like a uh, air traffic controller. 
And the director of this, Diodato, saw that movie and was like, that's the star of our new turtle killing film. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how he found him. But he had no idea that this guy was a porn star back in America. Because back in those days, you could still keep that shit. Exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, he said if he had known, he would never have cast him. But... Also, it's like I mean, I, oh, that's point, where you draw a line. <laughs> right, right. That's where you draw a line. The Dallas. porn man can't kill your turtles. <laughs> <laughs> the porn man can't cha- chop off a man's leg, but he can he can fuck Debbie. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, and after this movie, his legitimate career kind of was done. Um, the he, porn man, really? yeah, yeah. After this, he really he, you he, can't fuck Debbie and kill a turtle. You right, can do either right. or you can do either or. And he had to go back to fucking Debbie because <laughs> after this, they were like, we don't want you anymore. We don't want um, anyone involved in this no. project to ever ever be around society <laughs> yeah, done. again. Some of these people actually did go into work, surprisingly. Okay. Um, yeah, some of these people are on the NCISs of the world. You really? Know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- th- did they just luck out and not have to kill turtles? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, this guy, this is uh, fucking and eating people his whole career. You know, I say good on you. Um, and as far as casting, like I said, the extras in this movie were all actual people who lived nearby. Okay. Um, and they were basically using them to do like a really, uh, racist portrayal of tribes people. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, so that was my next question. Is this accurately based off of any real cannibalistic tribe or is like the whole, uh, savage portrayal vastly over exaggerated by hollywood it is inaccurately uh a real tribe they use two real tribes in this movie and both of them they inaccurately depicted whoa yeah which happened a lot back in those days because like actual like cannibalistic tribes in the way that hollywood portrays them is not actually super common no it's not like that and also there's not as many of them as america was telling a lot of people that back in the day and a lot Mm -hmm. of people around the world were telling people that uh, and I think it was like a deterrent for don't wreck our fucking ship when you're bringing something across somewhere. You know, there's cannibals there. So yeah, and also do not just like it, an excuse for why we have to colonize like all these native yes, people. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, That's no, no, is. they're eating people. Like they, they deserve to, to be uh, uh, fucking just like their whole yes. thing that I'm, you know. That's I'm what it about. is. Yeah. We need a cannibal. The irony of Hollywood highlighting another group of people that eats people when they have all the babies. <laughs> <laughs> We're the biggest cannibals in the world out here. Oh, it's Cannibal FM. Up next, The Doors. <laughs> I'm DJ Cannibal. And that's Drake Cannibal. And Sailor Cannibal Dev. Sailor Cannibal. <laughs> Sailor Cannibal. Uh yeah oh adrenochrome and- cannibal <laughs> that's that's my hip hop look name. I don't endorse killing people unless they're babies there you because go. babies can't feel pain right I, I'm a conservationist wrong. if you're gonna kill a baby you best be sure not to waste its blood all right <laughs> like that's <laughs> I mean we're doing the cannibal holocaust episode I guess yeah. you know but uh, when in Rome <laughs> when in Rome when was the last time we made a good dead baby joke come on. <laughs> <laughs> When in the jungle. When in the jungle. Eat your fellow man. It's the jungle rules. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> so, so I'm assuming these uh, these tribes like took them to court, sued them for inaccurate portrayals, nope. like no. sued them for libel. No, <laughs> and they didn't get paid for anything either. They worked for free. They were put in a lot of danger. 
Uh, there was like a scene where they almost burned them all in a fucking hut. Oh my god! And then, like Dad was talking about, the scene that made it in the that didn't make it in the movie. I'm sure that they almost got that dude eaten by fucking piranhas. Whoa. You know. Um, and there's, yeah, when the professor bathes, there's a scene where he, like, bathes naked in a river, and there's all these women come running after him, and those are women from a brothel nearby mm. <laughs> who are actually in the river. Dude, a lot of, lot of peni in this movie. Whoa, they def- hangs they hang on. They hanged on. Wait, you said there's actual fucking in this movie, too? Yeah, there was... They, they show it? It is a claim. Yeah, they show it. And it was a claim by her... I'll get into it. I'll okay. get into it. I'll right. get there. <laughs> oh man, I I am enthralled. This is a this is a real like layered thing. Like nice, every man. time, every time I think we, we can't get crazier, I find out there's fucking, and then there's an asterisk yeah. on that. I'm, that's my I'm favorite. Glad we're doing this. That's my favorite thing about this. Is like every time, like holy shit, this is in there, and you're like, yes, but hold on, like yeah. there's an asterisk next to everything, which there makes is. it all so interesting. There's always an asterisk in this thing. Oh, man. What the researchers didn't tell you is that they actually fucked that turtle before they gutted it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do it in the film. They do it right there. No, I'm just kidding. Drake's face is like, at this point, I don't know. <laughs> Bestiality on top of Like, let's just go forever. Let's... All of it. Everything. I'm, I'm sure one of his films had it in there, you know. Oh, my God. I, I This is... One. This is incredible. Incredible! Uh, I I I can't believe that this is a thing that exists. I don't yeah. hear people talk about more often. I know, I know. It's I'm I'm very glad this got requested to us for yeah. sure because, like I said, I don't think I would have watched this thing. I am know? definitely watching this movie. Yeah. I'm a thousand percent watching this. That's interesting. And, and I didn't I'm, know it would go that way. And I'm so like the animal murders make me very uneasy because like I'm vegetarian and stuff. Like I yeah. really don't want to see animals get disemboweled, but. I also kind of just, I need to see what this is. And yeah. like, the, uh, like especially like the, the, whatever was portrayed that made a legal officials be like, is this murder? Yes. Like, I have to see what is so like, like convincing about too. that. That's how I was too, uh, man. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the head of PETA is just like John Travolta and Swordfish, just like, my work here is done. He turns and walks away. <laughs> well, like, we got him. We got Drake. We got, we got one more. They were the ones who gave the hundred grand, the Germans, who no one knew who they were. But yeah, that's going to be part one. Um, in part two, I'm going to bring you the filming of this movie, uh, the principal photography part of this. And it is, um, I mean, filming in the jungle in June 1979. June? Why in June. Do it I don't know, man. It's time. The Mummy, Dev, was the same shit. It was filmed in, like, the Sahara in fucking June. It was in June as well. Yeah. They just loved it. Well, they don't care about people. No. Care. They want real sweat. They wanted to make it real. Real sweat. Yeah. I need the real sweat. I need the real sweat. sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I need the corpses of these dead animals to smell, oh, damn it. Oh, God, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need a real reaction. <laughs> All right. That'll be part one. I'll see you for part two. <laughs> Hey, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake Arsenal Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, YouTube at Drake Cummings, and you can check out my merch store at Raging20sMerch.com. Boom. We got Sailor underscore Dev or Abracadabra Dev on Twitter. Uh, go give me a like, a follow, or whatever's, because I got crazy cool shit coming yeah. at you. Uh, straight out of the ancient world, landing in the metaverse soon. Nice. Very soon. Nice. Yeah, and you can find me at James Wyatt Scott or Jimmy Deloy, depending on where you're looking. You can find us at Film History, The History of Film, or FHHF Podcast. 
depending on where you're looking. And you can find me getting off the plane in the Amazon <laughs> to film this movie and getting right back the fuck on. No way. See you later. That's been part one of film history. The, the history, history of film. film. You know what I'm talking about?